If I get this turned on right, good? All right. It's good to see you this morning. We uh, are continuing a series that Jimmy started, uh, The Most Excellent Way. And uh, last week he uh, talked with us a little bit about this idea of authentic love. And uh, we're going to uh, continue that uh, today. He talked about uh, real versus fake. Remember the uh, different logos and I don't know how well you did in passing that. I don't think I did very well, but uh, I, I, uh, it, it, real versus fake is something that uh, we have to really think about because um, in our day and age, uh, a lot of things are being said as truth and they're really not. And so we have to really make sure that we evaluate those things for ourselves. Jimmy said something last week that uh, stuck with me the whole week. And that was when he said that uh, authentic love can change the world, but fake love can destroy the church. And that was powerful because uh, as I reflected and thought about it, it's so true. Uh, we have to, as a church, exhibit authentic love to the world. And when we do, it will change the world. It will have an impact. It'll change our lives and it'll change the lives of those around us. But fake love, it will destroy the church. And as the church is destroyed, so is the gospel. So as I was reflecting on this topic uh, that I had today, uh, the question that came to mind is, why are so many songs about love? Why are so many songs about love? Love is, just start thinking. You can probably think of a love song that uh, maybe meant something to you and your spouse or when you were younger. Uh, I can still uh, remember uh, the songs uh, that were sang at our wedding when Bonnie and I got married 40 years ago. Uh, and they were songs of love, you know, to reflect and uh, think about that time. But there are a lot of songs reflected and using the word love. Now, some of them may not be good examples of the love we're going to talk about today, Right? Some of the ones you were thinking of may uh, have that same effect. You know, I asked this question to the internet because that's where all knowledge is, right? Why, why are there so many songs about love? And this is what I found. As a fact, most of the songs that exist are about love in some way. A study of the, on the psychology of music determined about, about 67%. Now, when I read that, you know, nobody picked 67 and put about in front of it, you know, so. And plus, it says of lyrics in every song, every decade since the 60s. I'm not sure how much I believe that accurately. We're somehow about love. Well, I knew there were a lot. And you probably did as well. But look what close seconds were. Money, partying, and depression. Now, I don't know if that's a reflection on love or a reflection on our world today. But there are a lot of songs about love. Now, when I first thought about this, there was one that uh, hit my mind to kind of uh, reflect a little bit. I'm going to share the words to this song. 
Tina Turner, who passed away not long ago, this was a song that she had, What's Love Got to Do With It? The words say, you must understand through the touch of your hands makes my pulse react. That it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl opposites attract. It's physical, only logical. You must ignore what it means more than that. Now, we could probably sing this uh, chorus together, but we won't. Oh, 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 what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? The uh, love that the world has is not authentic. You know, when you read this, you can see that there's a, a lacking that occurs, uh, a second-hand emotion? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? The world, love, could probably be changed from love to lust in some way. The world, the source of love is about self. What can I get out of it? The motivation is to get things. The purpose a lot of times is to use. How can I use someone else? And their value is determined by their usability. The root of the nature is selfishness in the world. This is fake love. I don't want you to be confused about what the world has to offer when it comes to love. It's fake, it's hollow, it's, it's lacking. You cannot get the fulfillment that God wants you to have if in your life you reflect the world. If you reflect your human nature. Why do you think so many marriages end in divorce? This is the reason. It's a love and a relationship that's based on the world. It's not based on authentic love. It's not based on the most excellent way that God wants us to see and share and experience. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Now, this is just a couple of verses. Jimmy's going to have some more next week for us. <laughs> and, you know, when I was reflecting on this, I said, you know, we could preach an hour apiece on each of these items. There's a lot of meat in this passage when you start thinking about it. Now, the, the whole purpose of spending this time in 1 Corinthians is to to wrestle this chapter back from marriages. <laughs> in fact, I was talking with my buddies golfing. I told him I was preaching. He said, what are you preaching? I said, 1 Corinthians 13. He says, oh, the marriage chapter. I said, yeah, that's true, but we want this love to, to come out of just marriages back into the Christian life, back into your walk with God in a fresh and powerful way. This isn't just about 
relationships between a man and a woman, although they're very applicable, they apply in a much broader way. Now, this morning, because I could preach so long, I, I know uh, children's worship would have a rebellion. So I'm, I'm, I, I decided that something I'm going to do today is I'm going to let the Spirit work on you individually. Is that all right? All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to reflect for a minute with the Spirit's help, and I want you to think about at a relationship level. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read off some different relationships. And when you and the Spirit decide this is one that you need to apply this passage to, I want you to make note of it. Okay, so just, just start calming your spirit a little bit so you can listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because there's a lot of stuff that, that gets wrapped up in your mind. So I, I, I want you to, to open up to the Spirit this morning. So, first level of relationships. Maybe this is a place that you need to hear what, the, what Paul says. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Does love need to reflect in that relationship in a deeper way. Family. Maybe it's your spouse. It's your children. Could be your parents. Maybe your extended family. In-laws and outlaws. Family. Next might be this group right here, your church family. Maybe there's a brother or sister where this message needs to reflect for you. Maybe it's people outside the church. Maybe it's neighbors. Maybe it's co-workers, classmates, friends that you have. Maybe the Spirit wants you to have more authentic love in those relationships. And this next one, if you haven't got one already, <laughs> I can guarantee that it applies to this one for all of us. And that's enemies. Authentic love being showed to your enemies. Now, this, this passage applies to all of those. It's a very broad and deep and extensive application for us as individuals. But this morning, whichever one the Spirit placed on you, I want you to, to reflect on that as we go to the next level for a little bit. Okay? Authentic love. Some observations about that passage. Um, you know, there's only two that were in the uh, positive. Love is patient. Love is kind. I put them at the top over there under the real side. The rest of them were over there under the not side. A list of them, right? And I don't, you know, I was trying to think, why did Paul choose it that way? And uh, how, why did he imply that? And um, 
you know, one of the things that came to my mind was um, sometimes we say we love, but people would call us hypocrites because we were one of those things over on the fake side. We were proud. We were boasting. We were envious. We were rude. We were self-seeking. We got angry easy. You know, do you get angry easy? I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but the Spirit knows, right? Keeping a record of wrongs. You know, those are burdens, right, that, that lay on us heavy if that's the way we apply. Paul wants us to be real, authentic in our love. He wants us to be patient. He wants us to be kind. He wants us to be generous and modest and quiet, humble, polite, selfless, peaceful, forgiving, and forgetting. So where is the Spirit working on you this morning when you look at that list? Thinking about that relationship. Thinking about where you need to show authentic love. I don't want you to go away missing the Spirit this morning. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about the Spirit because I want you to see and hear what the Spirit is saying to you this morning. I mean, I could pick one or two of these out for you, but it'll be much better if you pick it out yourself. <laughs> to see where you need to grow in your love. Because I know we all need to grow. I mean, when I reflect on myself, as I was, I mean, you know, you sit there and you, and you start thinking about your life against this authentic love. You start thinking about the breadth of relationships that you have in your life. God's love needs to be shown to the world through you. That's how the world gets changed by authentic love. It's the good news being taken to those who need it. And they see it and feel it because of how you reflect God's love. I hope this morning that whatever the Spirit's put on your heart, that you will embrace it in a powerful way and that you will commit to God to take the action, the mindset, the living of that authentic love to those that are calling you. How and whom God wants you to show his love, agape love, to the people. Being more loving is a powerful witness for this, this church. That's where an amen belongs. Amen? And, and the witness comes from us as individuals. See, I got that from Brother Wesley Leonard. I was over at Equip on Friday, and uh, he, he was preaching after lunch, and he was going to make sure people stayed awake. So he let people know when the amen was, was required. 
And uh, we need to affirm Scripture and its truth for us today. The, um, I want to share with you, i got to check my time, see how much time. Oh, I'm doing good. I, I normally get too long. The, um, there, there's three Scriptures that I want to add to this so that you will see that these items are pervasive through Scripture. That this is what God calls us to be in our walk with Him. Disciple. To be a disciple means to live this way. Jesus talked to His disciples, right? About loving and about caring for those that were around and His example of that was evident. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Just let that passage set with you a little bit. You know, when I uh, was, was reading through it, the thing that jumped out to me was the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And I know that in churches, you know, serving a few years here as an elder, I know how challenging it is to have unity in a body because we all have our different wants and needs. The Lord has blessed us in a lot of ways. I mean, we are a diverse body here. We reflect our community. And a lot of it is because of the unity of the Spirit flowing through us. It brings us together in spite of our differences because of the unity that we find in Christ. And we need to celebrate that and honor it and cherish it and the way that it gets uh, reflected and the way that it gets strengthened is through love permeating our thoughts and our actions with each other. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's us, right? God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I'm letting the Spirit talk to you now. As you reflect on that, you can see the theme, right? You can see the uh, consistency of Scripture and what it desires for us as His children. Perfect unity, compassion, bear with each other. 
There's a whole lot of bearing we got to do with it to exhibit love for one another. The last verse I want to share with you is from 1 Peter chapter 3, 8 through 9. Uh, Jeremy and I have been going through 1 Peter in our Wednesday night session, so I figured I'd get that back in there again, give you a chance to, uh, uh, if you haven't been, to come. And I know some of you haven't because I've been looking. So uh, if, uh, if you can, come this week. But 1 Peter is uh, a book that was uh, written to exiles, aliens, as Peter described them, uh, people who not only were exiled from where they were, but in a spiritual sense, they were exiles from the world. Fake love, the world. Real love, God. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. We like to repay evil with evil and insult with insult. We want to defend our rights. We want to be heard. We need to submit to God and to each other. We need to be willing to let our own wants and desires come after others, willing to see God's work within us and give blessings to those around us so that we might inherit a blessing as well. So did the Spirit get to any of you this morning? If you didn't, I can start over. I got, you know, I don't mind practicing once and uh, doing it again. The, uh, I, I hope that um, this message, this authentic love, is beginning to take a different dimension for you. I mean, th these, these are passages that I have read a thousand times. Literally. Love is patient, love is kind. Sometimes I'm reading it on posters and, you know, uh, placards in, in different places. This, this, these are words that are easily found. But sometimes they need to get a little deeper to the soul. They need to get to a place to where it challenges us to not think that we're already there, but that we have places that we can love deeper so that the most excellent way will continue to grow in our body and in our church family. Our community needs authentic love from God's church, right? And, and each of us has an opportunity. The Spirit this morning, I know, 
has placed something spectacular that I could only imagine. Because Paul prays for that in Ephesians as well. More than we can ever imagine. I know that he's placed a good work in somebody's heart this morning that will change our church and our community. And I'm excited to think about it. To know that it's coming. And I don't know where it's at. You know, I'm, I'm looking close. I put on new glasses this morning just so I can see better. Because because I, I, I want to I, see where the Spirit's working. And I've seen already this morning, I can see the Spirit touching hearts. And I praise God for it. Don't let Satan take it away from you. Satan wants to fuel your selfishness. I'm going to leave you three things to think about this morning. Satan wants to fuel your selfishness. He is like a lion looking who he can devour. Don't let him eat you up. Don't let him grab what the Spirit put on you this morning and turn it. Flip it to something that is evil, that is fake, that is not going to draw you closer to God. Because that's what Satan wants. I, I, I know that whenever we begin to live authentic love, Satan cranks it up. I mean, when you just come to church and you're nice and, you know, friendly to most people, uh, he, you know, Satan kind of lets you go. He, he knows that you're not going to do much. You're not really going to change the world because you're really not living authentic love. You're just living um, uh, one of those low-grade loves that really doesn't have the ability to affect things. You're, you're trying to make it look good, but it's really not there. Satan's going to fuel your, yourself. He's already working on some of you. So, with some of the things the Spirit worked on you, you're, you're starting to hear, boy, I just don't know if I can really do that. I don't know if I can really handle that. I got, you know, too much of my own stuff I got to deal with and take care of. You start thinking about yourself. So don't allow Satan to fuel your selfishness. I want you to know that the source of authentic love comes from God. It's not coming from other people. A lot of times our love is based on how people respond to us. you nice to me, I'm nice to you. Our source doesn't come from other people. Our source of authentic love comes from God. So the more that Satan tries to get you focused on yourself, the more you need to be focused on God. You need to reflect on these verses. You need to think about these things and allow the Spirit to fill you up. Because if the Spirit is not filling you up, Satan will do it. And it won't be hard because he already knows your nature. <laughs> and your nature is aligned too closely to what he likes to encourage. And so you have got to remember that the source of your authentic 
love is from God. Last one. Allow God's real love to be real in your life. Allow God's real love to be real in your life. I was uh, pulling some um, those slides. I had this PowerPoint from the last time I preached. And I almost kept the last point that I had there. It just circled back. What it said is the Lord's love is everlasting. Love of the world will fade. It won't last. God's love is everlasting. It is powerful for us. It embraces our hearts and our joy. This morning, we're going to offer an invitation. And uh, I, I, I want you to be honest before the Lord today. You know, if you, if you have things that you need to confess to the Lord, things that you need to um, open up to God about as the Spirit has talked to you today, things that you need to commit to, I want you to do that. You can do it publicly if you want to, but that's not what's important. What's important is for you to connect to God in a powerful way this morning. And I pray that uh, as that message has come from the Spirit today, that it has strengthened and drawn you closer. Because as we draw near to God, God draws near to us. We need to experience that as we go today. If you uh, are ready to uh, become a child of His, to go into the uh, waters of baptism. We shared that with Delasia last week, and we have other new Christians uh, from camp uh, that are here with us today as well. Uh, what a joy to go into the water and leave your sinful life behind, to rise in newness of life and experience the power of, of the saving grace of Jesus' sacrifice. We're always ready to help in any way that we can, and uh, we pray that uh, you will respond as the Lord calls today as we stand and sing.